1: Hello,
0: everybody, and welcome to Rotten Tomatoes is Wrong. I am your host, Mark Ellis, live from our new studio here. I would say that we are in the shadow of Universal Studios, but to be honest, this building is so tall and we're on a very high floor. We're kind of casting the shadow over Hogwarts, over Jurassic World, all the good stuff that you get with that theme park. Now we're here we're going to talk about a movie, which we usually do on Rotten Tomatoes is Wrong, but it's a very special movie because this is our very first show in the new studio. And we're welcoming everybody to your Thanksgiving holiday. Have a great time. Put this on while you're at the table, while you're passing the stuffing, while you're eyeing those mashed potatoes. Put this podcast on because it's celebrating an all-time Thanksgiving classic, at least in my eyes. Maybe not in the eyes of the tomato meter. We'll see how my two esteemed colleagues feel about it. Obviously, my co-host, Jacqueline Coley, is here. And we also have our very special guest, a dear friend of mine, a long time, maybe the longest friend I've had in Los Angeles, Justine Marino. You know her from her podcast, Glitter and Garbage. You can see her in Wisconsin Live, December 8th and 9th. And she's here right now.
3: I'm here. Back in my old stomping grounds as a former tour guide at Universal Studios. I, It's just, it's like I'm coming home. Jacqueline, That's she insane. used to give the
0: tour at Universal Studios. I I've did. taken
3: it. Like, as both an employee
2: and pre-employee. I was going
0: to ask. You know? Yeah, did, because a lot of yeah. people, like, you move out here and you just kind of want to, before you get into whatever your career is going to be in LA, you kind of just want to know, like, oh, uh, what is there to do out mm-hmm. here? How yeah. do I get the vibe? Kind of like what our character experiences <laughs> in the movie were about to introduce. Yeah. <laughs> (laughs) How was the tour?
2: (laughs) So the tour was great. The first time I went with my dad and it was the typical kid comes to visit the dad, go to all Mm -hmm. the tourist attractions. We went by the Hollywood Walk of Fame, so on and so forth. But the second time when you become a universal employee, part of the indoctrination, like right after (laughs) they put the chip in your brain, Mm -hmm. they decide that they want to take you into like the lot. And so they take you to the the archival area where they have like the original mask from, you know, the first Frankenstein movie or something like Mm -hmm. it's just everything's all all old and awesome. But the other thing they do is they let you take the Universal Lot tour and so you get to see Jaws jump out. It's different now. I mean, now they have Hogwarts. Now they have all kinds of stuff you can go to. Like,
0: Who is your tour guide? Do you remember? Could it have been <laughs> Justine? Could it have
2: been a young Justine when Marino? Did you, when
0: did you get here?
2: I mean, we're, no, I got here in 2016. I became an employee in 2017. Oh, okay. no. Justine stop.
0: was already super famous with yeah. Yeah. Ease, very, very the funny famous.
2: dance show. And yeah, I don't think you did it when I was a 12-year-old because you would have been <laughs> a thank 12-year-old Thank you so much for saying well. that.
3: I recently got bangs because I'm bangs or Botox years old now, <laughs> oh, and no. I went with bangs, so thank you. Bangs <laughs> or Botox? No!
0: The cheaper of the two options, I hear, but there's still a lot of maintenance with either one.
3: Yeah, there's maintenance and bangs are very risky. I have a very love-hate relationship with bangs. You're My, rocking them, though. Thank you so much. My first bangs in about uh, 14 years, since I was a tour guide, actually. So, oh, wow.
0: Yeah. Uh, you both look amazing thank amid you. very different hairstyles that I've known you both to have over the years. <laughs> um, <Yeah>. And <laughs> if you folks are wondering, hey, speaking of hairstyles, I wonder what Carla Gugino might look like <laughs> as a blonde or a redhead, depending on which scene you're looking at. Girl. You need to see Son-in-Law, yes. the Pauly Shore Thanksgiving <laughs> classic featuring Polly. Carla, her entire family back on the farm. And just who is this guy you brought to Thanksgiving? You met him. He's your RA in college. What is going on? Son-in-Law is a movie that is 32% rotten on mm-hmm. the tomato meter. Somehow, some way, the audience score helps it rebound. 59%. Oh, so close. It's fresh adjacent in terms of the audience. If you wanted to know, are there other Thanksgiving movies? Yes, there are. There's a (laughs) lot of them. Justine and I covered some on her podcast last week. And now we're talking about the 60 best Thanksgiving movies on RottenTomatoes.com. You can check out The Gold Rush. The Charlie Chaplin favorite from 1925 is number one. I don't think anybody's unseating that anytime soon. I always forget Miracle on 34th Street. It's a Thanksgiving movie. Mm. It's a Thanksgiving movie.
2: It's Thanksgiving movie because that's when it takes place. But my favorite is Home for the Holidays, the Jodie Foster one, yeah. when Robert Downey Jr. was very not sober. Yes, oh, yes. Yeah. That's a great one. Um, there's a
3: few though. There's a ton of good Thanksgiving movies. Is that, that's Holly Hunter too, right? Yeah. Holly yeah. Hunter And Claire Dane's a it And Claire Dane's a uh-huh. good That's one. a good one. Well, oh, I mean, obviously, planes, trains, and automobiles. Obviously. tearjerker But that's, the, that's the a
2: low. That's a low score.
3: It's it, not as high. It
2: is? Yeah. They didn't I mean, like it. They felt it was angry.
0: I mean, there's scenes where Steve Martin's anger, but it's just so perfect. And it it's is. just him and John Candy together. Uh, and we almost lost the guest this week because Justine was furious because <laughs> she wanted to know how the show works. And so like I sent her a clip from you and I and Doreen Ariano talking about another great Thanksgiving movie, mm-hmm. family, a- uh, Adam's Family Values, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah. And, and Justine's like, why is Rotten Tomatoes isn't wrong? This movie certified. This movie's fresh on tomato. Yeah. And I'm like, no, no, no. It can get even higher. Uh, and yeah, so I, you can debate either way.
3: I agree. I think it should be Hundred percent. I, I should preface this by saying I have a Wednesday Adams tattoo. I, all my tattoos <laughs> oh, are wow. movies and TV we've references. So. We had
2: such a tattoo, a like centric. Part of the podcast in the open lately, we've been definitely diving deep oh, on yeah. like
3: fan tattoos, and it figures
0: well, into the plot of
2: this. Yeah, it does. It, it does. does.
3: And I just got a Heart of the Ocean tattoo. I mean, I'm in it. I love movies, so I'm I'm ready to discuss Son in Law. Yeah,
0: we, we might have to have a tattoo reveal at the end <laughs>
2: of this. I show. might
3: <laughs> have to get a munching on some grindage tattoo after this. You guys. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> mine
2: mine is, it, mine that you can see is definitely showing, <laughs> and we will we will take our tours on any else. I love. Um, it. I do want to add this one thing. Just real quick, you are not a basic butterfly tattoo girl. I just want to put that out there. Thank you so much. I appreciate you for being here. Thank you. Thank you. And,
0: you know, we can get the fans involved, too. Our our catch-up crew, uh, regardless how you enjoy this podcast, whether you listen to us, you watch us, you do both, thank you for all the clicks, for all the rates, the reviews. Uh, Email us, rtiswrong, at rotten tomatoes.com. Let us know what tattoo should Justine get to Mm -hmm. honor son-in-law. Should it be, (laughs) like, a picture of Polly Shore? Should it be a quote? (laughs) Should it be some sort of farm mechanical instrument?
3: Well, you know, what's funny is my very first tattoo was one that we pitched on our former podcast, Threes Too Much. I jokingly said I wanted to get You Got It Dude tattooed on my body from full, from full House. And then Mark, I believe, said you should get it in French or Latin. And I got it in French. Spice and it then, up my, a little bit. That yeah. was my first tattoo.
0: Your first tattoo. I
3: have a tattoo in front. Okay, we got to go. Let's get <laughs> let's
2: get down to brass Let's get tux. to Rotten
0: Tomatoes is wrong here. Is Rotten Tomatoes wrong about this score, Justine? 33% uh, on the, 32% rotten on the tomato meter. Uh-huh. Is yep. Rotten Tomatoes wrong?
3: I think yes. And as someone who has watched Son-in-Law twice in the past 36 hours, I (laughs) will argue this point till the day I die. I think they are. So, I mean, Pauly Shore in his first kind of leading movie he had just done Encino Man and Disney was like, you know what, let's give him a leading role. And I think he's pitch perfect in it. The lingo alone, I mean, Mm -hmm. munching on some grindage is Mm -hmm. just iconic. It speaks to that MTV 90s culture era and I just can't get enough. I think it deserves 110%.
0: Yeah, it was a it, it was a giant leap from Encino Man to this where mm-hmm. you're still that funny side character, but now you're leading yep. with Carla and you have to have more of an emotional core to you. Yeah. So rotten tomatoes, definitely wrong in Justine's eyes and via my text receipts with her <laughs> over the last 36 hours, <laughs> I can ratify that. Jacqueline, how do we feel?
3: I feel so, so like, like, it's going to be okay. I, Uh-oh. listen, oh, I have horrible taste. I should say that. I love garbage. So no. I should just say that right you know off what? the bat. You know what? This is fine because I do
2: too. <laughs> just maybe. I love Polly Shore in this movie. Okay. I mm-hmm. adore him in this movie. I think it is like such pitch perfect casting. He's playing on a level of comedic and sort of slapstick and doing some stuff that I think is brilliant. The movie is not that girl. <laughs> <laughs> the movie is not she is where she needs to be. I oh, could all the way down to 32%. I could charitably charitably give her a 40. If we wanted to just give a bit more for the weasel riz, which I want to talk about in great detail. But Yeah, it's kind of right. Like, it's kind of right that it's at 32 and the audience is at 50 because even as much as I like it, I feel all 50% of that audience is saying it like I am, which is this Pauly Shore's movie. I love him in this. You
0: know, OK, I'm with the audience way more than with the tomato meter here. Mm-hmm. Uh The audience score, again, just south of fresh 59 percent. I'm going to get it to 60 percent. I think this movie deserves to be fresh. It's a big movie in my history because it's one of those movies you go with your friends and like you feel a little bit of independence for the first time because your parents dropped you off in the minivan and now you're in mm-hmm. a theater by yourself. And mm-hmm. You just kind of left your own devices and you got to watch this movie. I mean, this movie was a lot like seeing friends or something like that, because I was maybe 12 or 13 when it came out. And so you're kind of already sort of prognosticating what is your future going to be Mm -hmm. when you get to move out, when you get to be on your own, go to college, start a life. And you see this as like sort of inspiration, like, wow, I can do that. I can be that guy. I can be that gal. So there's a lot of excitement built into this movie from my past, but I should have thought it was a nice holiday movie. So that's enough from us for now. We're going to turn it over to our good buddy, Tim Ryan. He's our expert review curation manager here at Rotten Tomatoes, and he's going to tell us what the critics were saying at the time of its release while I was sitting in a theater watching this movie, Two Minutes with
1: Tim. Two Minutes with Tim. In his book, The 90s, author Chuck Klosterman attempts to capture the national mood of that crucial era. In order to do so, he devoted several pages to the phenomenon that was Poly Shore. Quote, Part of the complexity of living through history is the process of explaining things about the past that you never explained to yourself. So many temporary realities, distantly viewed in the rearview mirror, will appear ridiculous to any person who wasn't there. Klosterman goes on to say The prospect of multiple studios building feature length comedies around a non actor with a niche MTV following does not translate as a workable strategy. Yet, at the time, it did not seem strange. It did not seem strange at all to anyone. There was a sense of inevitability to the weasel's ascension, as if this thing no one had asked for was obviously the culmination of what pop culture had been careening toward for half a generation. Of course Polly Shore should star in a bunch of mainstream movies. Of course that was going to happen. End quote. I read from this extensively because it's totally correct, and there really is nothing quite like Polly Shore's movie stardom these days. I'm also not sure there's a single figure today who draws such consistently scathing reviews as the weasel did back in the day. And Sino Man, son-in-law in the army now, jury duty and biodome are all rotten on the tomato meter. In the army now, jury duty and biodome are all in the single digits on the tomato meter, with jury duty at zero percent. To be fair, Encino Man has its defenders, as does the best-reviewed Polyshore Shore vehicle, Son-in-Law, starring Shore as a man named Crawl, which most critics found to be stupid and unfunny, but a few found to be stupid but funny. Son-in-Law is rotten at 32% on the tomato meter with 22 reviews, and it has a 59% audience score. So what did the critics have to say? In a Rotten review, Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun-Times wrote, this story was never going to be great movie making, but it might have been more palatable if Shore had been able to make Crawl even marginally likable. However, in a fresh review, Desmond Thompson of the Washington Post wrote, well, the movie's dumber than a coop full of chickens, but Polly Shore makes a funny barnyard animal. The Rotten Tomatoes critics' consensus reads, while there may be some mild culture clash yucks to be had for those who enjoy Polly Shore's shtick, this son-in-law is too obnoxious to be worthy of bringing home to your family. So that's son-in-law. Let's get you back to Jacqueline and Mark, two people I'm proud to call buddies.
0: Thank you for not leaving us <laughs> hanging, Tim. Appreciate that. And hearing all the scathing reviews, even the positive reviews sounded like they had to get a few jabs yeah. in. At this movie. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot to talk about here, including the Pauly Shore of it all and Justine and I's relationship with the weasel today Mm -hmm. as he is frequently around the comedy store as are you and I and Jacqueline some nights on Mm. the patio. Brian, hit the music for Movie Talk. Yeah, Justine, uh, I recently ingratiated Jacqueline into the uh, the ways of the comedy store mm-hmm. hang at the patio, mm-hmm. and uh, she really took to it very quickly.
2: I did. It's harder to get back now. Also, you don't go out anymore. I've invited him to things now. Now he wants to go home to his gummies. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's a, he's a, a homebody for sure. You know, always, like, he's to get always out. been a homebody, but now he's a home hostage. Yeah, I'm
0: kind of <laughs> like, like to get to me to leave the house is more of a stretch these days. Mm-hmm. But obviously, when we go out for stand-up, you and I see Polly a lot when We're at the comedy store. uh, Worked with him for years now, Mm -hmm. and he's just like a friend, and it's really cool. There were talks about getting him on the show for this episode. Brian, I think we'll put a pin in it for now, and we'll try to get him. We haven't done Encino Man yet, right? Okay. I would do jury duty. Okay. That's interesting. I would do jury duty. We've never had a guest that stars in the movie we're talking about when that movie is zero percent.
2: I am a defender. I am. I am not a defender to say it needs to be certified fresh. I know. I know. <laughs> this I know. Is
3: very. You're a very complex person. <laughs> I I'm loving it. By Steve. the way, <laughs> you didn't
2: have to date me for two years to figure that out. So you are very intuitive. Um, this is what I will tell you. <laughs> Sorry, that like cuts deep. Um, that movie has multitudes. It has a huge environmental like streak to it. It absolutely talks about like it has Stanley Tucci slumming it. After his divorce, playing, like, a character that we need to examine further. <laughs> it is the perfect weird little ensemble. The characters are just so delicious. It is, ah, it is dinner for schmucks. It's so good. Okay,
0: so oddly enough, Jury Duty is the movie where I kind of fell off going to see the Polly Shore, uh, Shore films in the theater. Same. Because yeah. I talked like Polly Shore for three weeks after I saw Encino Man. Really? I was oh like, I God. love that movie. Oh, it's we, so good. We saw it opening weekend, and just kept going back. And again, it's one of those movies where the Encino Man, the kid's trying to dig a pool, Sean Astin's character, mm-hmm. just trying to dig, a, he just wants to be cool. Yeah. And then he finds his caveman and his best friends with, uh, w- with Stoney, played by Pauly Shore. So and good. I just, I love that dynamic. And so from then on, I was a Pauly Shore fan. And I feel like, Justine, you were probably on the same wavelength, mm-hmm. even though you were younger than me. You, you were what, like six or seven when I, Encino Man came yeah, out? Yeah.
3: And I I actually somehow convinced my mom to take me to see Son in Law in the theater, even though I was eight. But I remember vividly going with my mom because she knew I just rode hard for Polly Shore. And
0: your parents are historically, from the stories you tell, very, very cool.
3: They're cool parents. They are cool parents. I was telling you guys, I went from Barbie's to 90210 basically overnight. Um, <laughs> so, of course, I was seeing. Uh, uh, son-in-law in the theater. I think I missed. I think I was just like a hair too young to see and see no man in the mm-hmm. theater. But it is one of my favorites. I run a show at the Comedy Store We where comics give away stuff from their life. I gave a DVD copy of Encino Man away <laughs> and people went nuts over it. They, I mean, there was almost a fight over an Encino Man DVD in the main room at the Comedy Store. Physical so, media, baby. It really is. And just a beloved character and movie. And I love the nod. We get to it in Son-in-Law as well. It's nice little
0: Brendan Fraser yes. cameo in mm-hmm. the, the college uh, Halloween mm-hmm. party scene. Jacqueline, were you a Pauly gal at all? Did he cross your radar as a youth.
2: Yes, because TNT was a poly guy for some reason. <laughs> TNT was obsessed with him. Ted T- Turner well, loves poly <laughs> Shore. Seriously, they had um, Biodome in the Army now. They had, uh, obviously, Son-in-Law and Jury Duty. But yeah, I saw all of his movies pretty much on cable in between commercials. Also, like, TBS also played the sh- the, the heck out of him. Mm-hmm. So no, I was a fan, but I was a discerning fan. Mm. It was good when it was on, but it wasn't like I was like queuing up for every single one <laughs> on. Does that make sense? <laughs> I don't mean I say that, but I was, I liked all the ones I just mentioned, so...
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like this movie does such a great job of setting Polly up for success because I remember, again, opening weekend, mm-hmm. seeing this movie. And by the way, this movie opened like Fourth of July weekend. This yeah. was July 2nd. So it was going up against Tom Cruise in The Firm. <laughs> it was going up against Jurassic Park. It was going up against Sleepless in Seattle. Wow. Dennis the Menace. Like, it, it had its hands full and it held its own. It was a budget of $8 million. It ended up making a little under $40 million worldwide. So... You see this movie, and it opens up, and we get how conservative of a background Carla Gugino's character comes from. She basically was raised on a farm, Mm -hmm. small high school. She's the valedictorian. She wants to go to college. She wants to spread her wings. Her family's hesitant. You're going all the way out to California to college. You have this small circle of high school friends who factor into the movie later on. She's got this boyfriend and then she goes to college in Southern California and everything changes. Mm -hmm. A lot of it is due to the fact that her eyes are open to new types of people, new types of experiences like her resident advisor (laughs) right across the way from her crawl Played by Pauly Shore. I did not know that you could have a co-ed dorm as a freshman in college, really? and I still yeah. don't know if that exists. Yeah. No, no it
3: does. Definitely. Okay,
0: I take that back. I kind of lived in one my freshman year. I
3: was like, but, I, but yeah. it was,
0: But it was like dudes were like on one side, and then you had like the common room, and then you had the ladies on the other side. It wasn't like dude, female, female, dude, like just like right next door to each other. Oh.
3: I um, was.
2: Really? I think yeah. it was, yeah, as athletes. Um, so I we lived in the athletes dorm. You guys have your
0: own little Olympic village?
2: No, but it was just all the athletes stayed in one dorm and then there were just regular people that were also in there and the athletes and Normies. Yeah. (laughs) And the non athletes were mixed and the athletes were segregated. But that was mostly just because they were segregated by their teams.
3: Wow, okay. All right. I was in the party dorm, so it was free for all. Boys, girls, whatever. Sleep wherever you know. So kind of like son-in-law. It really was like son-in-law. I that was the kind of dorm I lived in. Yeah. There's
0: yeah. no better intro to Crawl in this movie than having him swinging upside down, Ugh. meeting the, the the everybody's favorite American dad in the '90s, Lane Smith, so and just that interact that sets everything in motion that you need to know about Crawl versus this family who he's going to end up warming their hearts a little bit.
2: Yeah. I will also say that was actually not my dorm. That was my friend's dorm. I was in the all-girls dorm because my mother would not allow that. So, <laughs> let's be very real. That was just the dorm I hung out in, not the dorm that I was in in. <laughs>
1: So, I, Justine, what about
0: this movie still holds up to you all these years later? You watched it twice in the last 36 <laughs> hours. What was it about this movie that you said, you know what? I already did my homework. Now this one's for fun.
3: Again, I should preface this by saying I have a pretty addictive personality. I, I don't do anything <laughs> hardcore except like movies. Like I've seen Titanic 21 times in the theaters. I saw in the it theaters in the theaters yeah. 21 times. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I like something, I'm going to do it a lot. Uh, but I just feel like it really. First of all, I hadn't seen it in a while. So it was that nostalgic, you know, bringing back the feelings of the 90s, which are kind of trendy right now. So it was just kind of like a warm hug from Crawl, to be honest. And I just love that out the gate, he's just this like 45-year-old RA. He's been in college (laughs) for 19 years and he's just, that's just him. And he just has this incredible self-acceptance. And I love that. And I love how he does win over the family. Like, it's just really sweet. And I think it's a really... Organic. It's not like one of those movies where Hmm. it's like they hate him and then they love him. I do feel like they earn he earns their love and that they earn that turn in the storytelling, which I love.
0: Yeah. You know, it's so odd watching this movie, Jacqueline, because Paulie walks that fine line where he's clearly just this horny dude <laughs> who lives amongst beautiful women in in SoCal. But he also has this nurturing side where he's not going to he's not going to step over that line and become like a predator. Yeah. Right. So he's like, hey, you're like, like even looking at Carlo Gugino's character, you're super hot. Yeah. But he's not gonna. Cross, he's still gonna be an older brother to you, yeah. unless she kind of initiates contact, so yeah. to speak. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's. I can't imagine. There's very few. I think comic actors that could pull that off, mm-hmm. where you buy into it, and it might just come down to the fact that he's just such a weird dude, mm. and he's just got such an odd personality. This this weasel kind of thing that you just believe it because Carla believes it.
2: Yeah, I wonder if she believes it as much as. Because she is the country bumpkin in the city. Because, like, listen, he's the original Alan. I will give you that. Like, you know what I mean? (laughs) The world full of kids. Yeah, he's the original Alan in this movie. Uh, But at that time, that original Alan is way more likely to morph into, like, a bad... You know what mm -hmm, I mean? Like, I mm -hmm. think being around the family is what allows him to maintain the goodness because like there's shotguns present you know what I mean like there's yeah. a lot oh, more yeah. pr- that's a good point I don't know <laughs> if it would have been the same if it would have been like the spring break trip you feel me sure sure okay the Thanksgiving and by the way I'm not taking anything away from him there is definite Riz that is being operated by Pauly Shore in this movie that I did not expect to see right? especially in like the comforting moments especially in the moments where you really see that if he didn't say the right thing with her she's definitely going to kind of unravel in the situation yeah. but I, I, some things defy belief a little bit. You know what I mean? Because Carla is Carla.
3: I was so into Polly Shore. Even at like this young age, I had such a crush on him. And it's crazy watching it now. I was telling my boyfriend. I was like, yeah, I loved him. He was like, really? I was like, yeah, why is that hard to believe? He's so charismatic in this. And he's like, well, first of all, he's not six feet tall. And that's <laughs> that's kind of a requirement for me, usually. But that's how charming he is, is that he could slide in under six feet. I mean, he,
0: he could he could be that diminutive point guard. He that could just be. Makes the team.
3: <laughs> he could be. Absolutely. Can we talk for a second, though, in that dorm scene, yeah, the little brother, um, uh, Zach, who's played by Renna. What's his name? Uh, Patrick, Patrick Rena, who
0: was the, the catcher in the Sandlot. Yes. And as soon as I say that, uh, multiple generations now. Know exactly who mm-hmm. we're talking about. He steals scenes in this movie. He yes.
3: absolutely does. First of all, he's wearing a t-shirt that says, Seduce me, please. <laughs> yeah. Can we talk about that? Mm-hmm. He's just going through her new roommate's underwear drawer. And he's this
0: yep. is 12-year-old kid. Yeah. 12. His yep. eyes are being open at the same time the chubby 12-year-old in the theater watching yeah, the movie exactly. named Mark yeah. is. He, yeah. is. he yeah. is the voice Aww. of
3: the chubby 12-year-old oh in the my theater. God. He really did. He's going through and then the roommate comes in and uh, you know, Becca is like, I'm so sorry. And she's like, my family's exactly the same way. I'm like, everyone's little brother goes to people's <laughs> underwear drawers? Like, what's going the on? The is like, yes. Like this this dude as dude speaking is...
0: as a little brother, the answer is a 1,000% yes.
3: Are they that pervy, really? Yes. That's what yes. I was like, what's happening? Wow. Yes.
0: And and it never, it's not like it got better because we got influenced by these movies. And then you had Beavis (laughs) and Butthead right afterwards. Like, like (laughs) I'm not saying that we're the most well-adjusted generation, (laughs) but yeah, I mean, you know, it's right there. And your sister's having like, especially if you have an older sister like he did and I did. It's like they're having sleepovers and it's like you're talking to, it was the only way to talk to an actual female who was, like, a little older than you and a little more streetwise mm-hmm. is because your sister was friends with her. And then, it like, lo and behold, not because you're on a date with this person, but just because she happens to be spending the night at your house the same time you are. Just the interaction. It's like, it's like a cool babysitter almost, you know? Yeah, but
2: you don't touch your like let's hands off the panties. I know y'all were raised by Revenge of the Nerds, but hands off the panties, that's the line. Most of
0: it wasn't in like a sexual way. It it. was like, it it was like capture the flag. It was like you got into the girl's base and you stole a piece, it was probably my sister's son. It doesn't matter. Then you run back and it's like, we claim something that's ours. Cause like (laughs) I would have my friends sleep over and my sister would have her friends sleep over. And it's just a, it's a big war, you know? And it's not like they were innocent either. They were sneaking in our room, and you know,
2: well, We're gonna have us. to put a disclaimer on this
0: episode. I'm just saying, this is what happened in every household and in the '90s. It's you know what, um, Polly Short has made it more innocent and fun. Read and up Patrick on Renna did too, than I did. Read up on consent, kids. Okay, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> but but he but Patrick Renner's character is so necessary in this movie because I think he's one of the reasons why we as an audience start to warm to crawl after mm-hmm. we meet him initially yeah. because he's a really fun sort of wacky, like Bluto Blutarski type character in college. But then when you put him in a different setting and he comes back to the farm and it's a big surprise to the family, this is before cell phones and emails, and she's like, you know, I, I'm going to show up to the airport and buy two plane tickets. Mm-hmm. And the family knows she's bringing a friend home. They don't know who the friend is. They assume it's a roommate. Mm-hmm. It's Pauly Shorgen <laughs> off the plane. And just imagine... <laughs> If if you're there to pick up your sweet daughter who you were so nervous about sending to college in California, <laughs> she comes home to visit for the first time and it's her and Polly Shore coming home.
2: What would your parents think?
3: Uh, my parents might, you know, they would be accepting, but behind closed doors, they'd be like, what are you doing? What's yeah. going on? What, are you OK? <laughs> like if I came down as a blonde because I have similar color. We were both yeah. brunettes, yeah. Italian, mm-hmm. you know. Fair skin. If I came out and had this like strawberry blondish bob and this dude wearing a scarf in his head, like that, my yeah. parents would be like, "What's happening? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What's going on? Are you okay?"
0: I <sighs> love that they saddle him with uh, with, with with the brother with, with Patrick Rena's Zach is yeah. because that's when you start to see the the older brother side, the, the resident advisor side of Crawl come out, mm-hmm. and you start to realize that he actually can have a positive impact on the family. He's not just here. Unlike what the parents may think, he's not here just trying to hook up with your daughter. Okay. Right. He's actually there because he loves to spread positive energy like our buddy Brody Stevens. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's that he's a very odd duck, yeah. but he also just loves making people happy and uniting. He's a uniner. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so sometimes that means that you're having a raging party and you're cracking a lot of inappropriate jokes. Other times it's just you see a family that is clearly splintered. Even if you're the splinter, yeah. you're like, I can unite people around yeah. this and sort of rally folks and separate the do-gooders from the not do-gooders.
2: Right. I think the issue I have with this movie is it feels like a movie that was written by somebody that grew up in the 70s trying to write for people that live in the 90s. Oh, boy. Do you know what I mean when I say Mm -hmm. this? Because there's so many aspects of like being a kid in 92, you probably had MTV. You you know what I mean? Like you probably had all of the accesses that we have to what makes culture culture like the minute cable TV became prevalent. And even after that, because like say you didn't have cable TV, they were still talking about MTV on regular TV. Mm -hmm. They're talking about MTV on the channels that you can still get to on the basic lanes. And so I don't know. I just feel like this is a movie where kids that were living in the town where this girl came from. We're definitely not going to be as shocked as like maybe the parents were when somebody like this guy comes off the plane or vice versa when she gets on the plane to go to college. It was the weirdest thing in the world as someone that lived in a small town to be like people getting shocked that somebody looked different coming back from college. That was like a given. Everybody was making bets on that being happening and they're like these are not too far apart. Like that was shocking in the
3: 1960s. It's not shocking in the 1990s. I think I read a few of the reviews because I was like how is this possible? You know like I really need to get to the bottom of this it makes no sense it's more
2: shocking (laughs) to me that you had to investigate (laughs) that's a fantastic
0: guest who not only comes on to defend a movie but creates her own bulletin board Mm -hmm. material is like I'm going after these critics
3: but I a lot of people had the same note about the movie that like This town, people in the small towns would be aware of it. People in the small towns would, some people would be trying to emulate what was going on in the bigger town. Small town girl. So (laughs) I, I get that. I just, I come from an improv background. So I will, yes, and whatever you give me. I'm a great audience member. I will suspend all disbelief. Sure, you guys don't know what blonde a blonde Bob is? Okay, sounds good, I'm in. Yeah, yeah. I,
0: I would have my hesitation sending you, particularly young lady, <laughs> to California to go to college. I would not let you go follow you 2 on tour all summer like Liam Neeson did in Taken, because <laughs> that's not gonna end well. But with this movie, like, yeah, I mean, look, I grew up in Williamsburg, Virginia, okay? Mm-hmm. Colonial Williamsburg. And yes, we had MTV, we had all that stuff. But there is a line of demarcation between what was going on with MTV and you see Becca's bedroom before she leaves. And she's got a Travis Tripp poster. Mm. She's got a Garth Brooks poster. Like that's her world. So Fair? that's sort of everything that's pop culture mm-hmm. is still country.
3: And she's a horse girl I she, mean, is she is the epitome of a horse a girl, horse girl. Mm-hmm. I'm
2: not trying to say that that was who she was and then she became something different when she got exposed to other people I'm just saying the shock around that is yeah. the part that I am sort of sure, an incredulous sure, sure, sure. and I stand by what I say I actually didn't see this before this thing has six writers on it and I th- <laughs> if any one of them was over thirty was under thirty when they wrote this thing. I'll be shocked.
0: Well, it feels like three of them were brought in to mm-hmm. uh to Polly Shore up the line. Yeah, <laughs> because he created yeah. his own dialogue on the MTV Spring Break shows. Yeah, and before Encino Man, and then obviously Encino Man started to get into the lexicon a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I feel like he is very of the '90s. Then everybody else around him might be a little too Green Acresy. Yeah, mm-hmm. where it's like, no, we were a little more civilized by the time this movie ends up being released. Sure. Can but, I ask you a question? Yeah.
2: Do you remember the kid Jesse on MTV? Yes. Who like won the MTV? The really tall one? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I remember. I have no recollection of this human. Well, I'll ask you that. I just realized that was just Polly Shore in a different font. It really and was. I don't know why that in a never... different font. Yes, it was, was just Paulie Shore amazing. in a different
3: font because he was like zappa y- Yeah, and he, you know, yeah, he was and doing he, the stuff. He had the curly brown long hair. It really yeah. was, and he dressed very funky. It really was just six, like over six feet. Paulie Shore. Yeah, he yeah. left
0: a off so you'd love him. I mean, I over <laughs> six feet and Paulie Shore. I
3: mean, I, I was wondering how you felt about because I really
2: just I realized the thing this movie made me feel sorry for. It made me feel sorry. For for the MTV movies of the 90s. It made me feel sorry for the um, Saturday Night Live movies of the 90s. It made me feel sorry for the $10 million comedy that maybe made 60 at the box office and then made a boatload
0: on DVD. Like this whole... Oh, so it made you miss those kind of movies? Yeah, like
2: the fact that this movie, like it does not exist now.
0: No, it's, it's a weird thing because, like I said, the budget was under $10 million for this movie. Yeah. And it did sort of help. It, it was early. It wasn't in on the ground floor necessarily. Yeah. But it was like the second or third floor going up in the high rise that was these kind of comedies where you can put a comedian or you put some sort of celebrity in a situation I would say that these early Paulie Shore movies worked about as well as you could do with that because, like, you had Andrew Dice Clay a few years before, Mm. who was huge. Mm. selling out Madison Square Garden before that was, like, a regular thing comics did. Mm -hmm. And the movies, it never quite translated the same. Afterwards, you had the comet that was Jim Carrey in 1994, who was just the brilliant of brilliance, put in these zany situations where he's either a pet detective or he's got a crazy mask or he's just a moron with his buddy Jeff Daniels. But, like... It, then you got Carrot Top, you know, yeah. with like Chairman of the Board, no, and so fair. you know there, there there's a lot of situation comedies you can just put a famous comedian in in a film. Very hard for them to carry it for ninety minutes. I think the way that Polly did.
2: Yeah, this is going back to this era of Hollywood was like when they used to do Abbott and Costello movies. It was just Abbott and Costello in this. It was Polly Shore mm-hmm. in this. Polly Shore in that. You know, it's like that is what that reiteration of yeah. it is: is that you had these comedy acts. Jerry Lewis when mm-hmm. he did his thing. It's like you're, you're seeing the same Jerry Lewis, Dean Martin in every one of these movies. And Pauly was, I think, just like the other echo of that. I you think know getting, what
0: I mean? into the, getting into the family aspect, getting away from Crawl a little bit, I think the other reason why I, I'm sort of gravitate towards this movie is because I have an older sister and younger brother mm-hmm. and any sort of dirt that you can get on either <laughs> one of them is such valuable collateral, it's blackmailing mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so when Zach finds out that Becca has a tattoo, he's holding that over her because the tattoo reveal mm-hmm. is the all-time classic. I've been in college for three months and now I'm back home for the holidays and I'm a totally different person Justine, do you have a tattoo reveal in your past? Jacqueline, do you have a tattoo reveal in your past? Oh,
3: this is a great question. You I first. don't have a reveal, but I have 10 tattoos, um, as I mentioned did before. Did your parents
0: know the first one was happening?
3: They did. Again, my parents are cool. So did they I, do it? I, yeah, <laughs> Len did it. Why don't Len you grew- just stay home and have a
0: Chardonnay <laughs> where we can kind of keep an eye on you? <laughs>
3: uh, but no, I think they were probably surprised I didn't have... Tattoos from earlier. I remember when I was 17, I went and tried to get a tattoo, which I'm so glad I, they would not do because mm-hmm. otherwise <laughs> I would have a Dave Matthews band Fire Dancer. Um. Oh
0: man, we missed out.
2: Yeah, that. but that would have been epic now. Yes. Right? That would have went from great <laughs> to cringe to I really regret this to now iconic. Yeah. It would be iconic right, now. Right,
3: right, right. Uh, but yeah, so I have a lot of tattoos. As I said, they're all pop culture related for the most part. And uh, luckily my parents were cool and it, it was not a shock to them. My dogs, uh, my parents' dogs didn't hold it over to me and threaten <laughs> to reveal it to them <laughs> at the Thanksgiving uh, dinner table. But what about you?
2: So it was a, a, like a family time home back when I used to visit home. Um, that is no longer in the cards anymore. But back when I used to visit home, I don't know. I think I got out of the shower and like she saw this one, yeah. which is not the first one. This is the third and one.
0: Unbeknownst to her, there was a tattoo on yeah. her little girl body. And
2: she definitely made it about her. Absolutely. And <laughs> if I recall correctly, it was like, you know, the look like she looked at it, she put her hands around it, and then she like looked like she was gonna fake cry. And I was like, Oh no. <laughs> and she's just like, how could and like you looked like like literally like she'd seen that somebody had hurt her baby and I'm like, Yeah, I did it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I like did I did. Like this is not this is not something to tear up about. And so I just kind of like stared in that weird emotion. I was like, why do you care? <laughs> um, and now I'm looking at a full sleeve. So like the next Ooh. time I see her, she will be just completely shocked because it's going to be like all down here.
0: It becomes like th- this
2: initial yeah. trauma,
0: I think for some of the parents, it eventually becomes like a funny story, yeah. like a bonding sort of thing. I had this exact situation that plays out really? in this movie really? in my family. But, I was not the Patrick Renna that outed her. My sister did it herself, but we, we, us kids came up with sort of a plan, right? To get her to out My herself. My sister enjoyed college. She enjoyed traveling more. So she went to many colleges colleges. colleges over many different (laughs) semesters. She did a semester in Arizona. She was like, I think I want to be a wildcat for a weekend. So she goes to U of A for a semester. Luckily, it was the semester that after Christmas, before summer. And so we got to go out there as a family and visit her on spring break. Right. So we went out there, our spring break, not hers, obviously. So we get out there and my sister's like, there's this great Mexican place, Casa Molina. It's I hope it's still there because the carne seca was fantastic. We go there and again, like my parents weren't like big drinkers, you know, so like you didn't see them like you might have like my dad might have a beer at dinner. That's about it. Um, My sister orders margaritas for them. And I'm like, ah, what's going on here? And then she shows, I see a tattoo that she's going to reveal, but she's waiting to get my parents hammered before she shows it to them. My parents end up drinking three margaritas apiece. Then the tattoo reveal happens. And my brother and I are high-fiving because we don't know if Lisa just pulled off Mission Impossible or if she's in serious trouble. Either way, we're going to (laughs) celebrate. And my parents ended up having to give the keys of the van that we rented to my sister to drive back to campus. And... Who can talk about irresponsibility then? (laughs) no, That's the exact plan my sister had, and it worked out to perfection. So my parents are now like the drunk passengers in an Uber, and she's driving home, and my dad's giving her directions, making up street names, tickling himself with laughter. And that's how you do a tattoo reveal, kids. If you're worried about how your parents are going to react, Get a little bit of sauce in them first. And mm-hmm. I promise the giggles are going to happen eventually.
2: What a well-adjusted answer. I would just suggest going to a lot of therapies to the point where you stop caring.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that can also work, too. It, it might be a little more pricey so than a couple of margaritas <laughs> at Casa Molina. Uh, favorite scenes from this movie. What What's the scene that, that really sucked you? Jacqueline lit oh, up.
2: Oh, she did. I really did because I wanted to make sure. Sh- I love a city slicker out on the farm moment. Like when they are getting him cowboyed up Mm -hmm. and like he's gonna, it is better than the my fair lady fashion montage Mm -hmm. it is better than the pretty woman big mistake huge it is such a cinderella moment i love it it is one of the reasons why i love him in this movie so much okay
3: i was gonna say i also enjoy the makeover i love that in this movie we see both makeovers most movies you only see one makeover we see the farm makeover and we see to the farm yeah to to the farm exactly (laughs) and then we see
0: Farm to table, table farm to, to farm. Exactly.
3: We, it is that. And I love that we get to see both. I'm a sucker for a, a makeover montage. I love fashion and hair and accessories. So they get me really excited. I also really do like the scene where um, Crawl is in the bedroom with Zach and he kind of wins him over with his computer hacking skills.
0: Hacking was huge. Hacking was yeah. so
3: big and I just love that they gave Crawl this kind of complexity that he's kind of an idiot otherwise but he's really good at hacking yeah. and I just really felt that that made him a, a much more complex character which That's I That's the
0: growth from Encino Man to Son-in-Law yes. because Encino Man <laughs> he, he starts, he middles and he ends as this weird stony weasel mm-hmm, character in yeah. Son-in-Law when he's tr- Becca's homesick and he's trying to like rally Becca to be like, no, you got to give college an actual chance. You've just been existing here for two months. You haven't really embraced the process. And then he shows her the yearbook picture of him as a freshman. And it's like, oh, no, wait, he used to be, mm-hmm. Do you remember what his name was? Was it Fred? Fred Weasel. Fred Weasel. And Mm -hmm. so he's like, I need a nickname. So he gets Crawl and then he just becomes this other person that he was sort of meant to be. Mm -hmm. And that is such a leap from where he was in Encino Man. But what I love about this movie, and I, I think that this movie handles that romantic comedy, sort of the thing that loses me a lot of times is when like we're having a great time, we get to see the makeovers, and then there's I'm going to catch you two in an awkward situation that makes it look like you hooked up, but you really didn't. And uh, no, I actually love you and all this thing centered around Tiffany Amber Thiessen, Kelly Kapowski <laughs> from Saved by the Bell, <laughs> yeah, who's the in best. this, uh, the, the evil ex-boyfriend, who, in his defense, was about to propose and then gets dumped.
3: Yeah, yeah but also but... he was cheating on her with Kelly Kapowski he the whole time. Also, when you hear this, I
2: think you'll change your mind. The original name for the character was Chad.
0: And his name now is Travis, so he's got two of the best kind of, you know...
3: But if he was Chad, no one would have even questioned to feel sorry for him. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And also, I I mean, I don't feel sorry for him at all. I do think it's interesting, though, that at the end, when it's revealed that, you know, Tiffany Amber, that they they didn't sleep together, uh, Tiffany just joins the family for dinner. It's like she was still... Bone and Travis, you know, like That's they the country, were st-
2: though. We don't talk about that. Okay, okay. Yeah. I didn't know.
3: I'm just not familiar. Yeah. Okay, no. great. We pressed
0: that under the table.
3: Okay,
2: yeah. that clears it up yeah. for me. <laughs> I mean, I li- like, I, as soon as you said that, I was I was like, oh, she doesn't know. They could literally be doing cunnilingus on the turkey, and everyone would be like, um, yeah, bless her heart.
3: Oh, <laughs> okay. Then I have no questions about this movie. Perfect film. If that's the case, that was the one lingering question I had. I do
0: rescind my, uh, any sympathy I had for Travis because I forgot he was cheating on her, on Becca to begin with. So Mm -hmm. uh, he's a loser through and through. I love the parents. Lane Smith, Cindy Pickett as the Warners and uh, Mason Adams who, Mason Adams and Mm -hmm. Lane Smith both have that, oh, that guy from that movie. Mason Adams, the grandpa who eventually gets won over. And once you went over the grandpa of the family, it's over. you it's always over got, you always have, because why? Blackmail. That grandpa <laughs> has <laughs> stuff over everybody in the family. He's been around he, the longest. He probably already sniffed out the fact that Tiffany Amber Thiessen was hooking up mm-hmm. with Travis. Okay. Yeah. So he probably knew and now it's like, now it's out there so it doesn't matter anymore. Here's my parting question for the both of you. Mm-hmm. Do crawl, who ends up with Becca, mm-hmm. sort of quasi-engaged at the end of this movie, do they work out? Yeah, there was actually a, they initially did it just to get through the week and then right. they're going to go home and recess. I feel like there's definitely a spark. Yeah, I don't even know if they end up in the bed together, though. I'll be honest with
2: yeah. you. I think they date. Mm-hmm. I do
3: think they maybe get it on. Mm-hmm. I just don't think it's endgame. I okay. don't I don't think it's endgame, but I do think the friendship is endgame. Yeah. Like, I think they they hook up. They're like, no, we're better as friends. Yeah. And then they both just stay best friends and. You have that kind of will they or won't they forever? Yeah, it becomes that six month
2: uh, situation ship that you do with a friend that you should have never done mm-hmm. that haunts you for like the next five years.
0: Do you think it's maybe because she was barely eighteen and he's uh the, six years in college the, and the resident advisor?
3: I mm-hmm. I did think about that, and so when he was, I was like, okay, it's now, a little groomy. Yeah, now I'm doing do some it. math. it's a little groomy. Yeah. If you like, there's yes.
2: like you could recut this movie like they did that movie Passengers with like Chris Pratt. Oh my and god. It's kind it's kind of like, you know, like you yeah. can make this, like somebody actually, internet, listen to me. Somebody needs to do like the Daniel LaRusso is a bad guy cut. Have you seen that? <laughs> yes. To this. Or it's like, to like making like,
0: Toy Story into a horror movie. Yeah, kind of thing. like,
3: like, Crawl is a predator. Yeah.
0: Like that is the
2: way to go with I mean with that that, one. that's
3: very easy to yeah. to prove. He's filming girls Girl. in the hallway. Yeah. I mean, look, again, I I'm am I'm will it was the 90s, it was a different time. I'm mm-hmm. willing to brush that aside, but I I yeah, I think it's kind of crazy. Also, he's a terrible house guest. Yeah. And he's just talking about like oh, you guys were getting it on. Oh, you left me with a semi last night, like in front of gram- grandpa and the mom. He puts I, it all
0: out
2: there. He really yeah.
3: does. This is, steals a tractor. Like, yeah. like imagine
2: the, it's like, and now he will commit emotional terrorism on the elder folks <laughs> as he details all of the sexual positions
0: that he plans to do with their very chaste daughter as a threat. <laughs> Like, what the F? That is one way to interpret this film.
3: It is. But again, I'm willing to <laughs> brush it aside because he's just so dang charming, yeah. you know? He
0: did. The the one issue I have with this movie, maybe the biggest issue is it it did make me believe for a long time. I'm glad I grew out of this phase now that we all have one. Um, I always thought the camcorder guy was the cool guy at the party. Mm. Like, man, that guy's just the cool... That's not... No, don't be... It's Love actually told the tale on who that guy look. really is. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. true. Love that actually. might have been the end game for the, camcorder guy.
2: That was the movie where I was like, from now on, both camcorder guy and mm-hmm. let me take your picture guy. first oh, yeah. But yeah. all
0: of them.
3: All I really hope we're coming to an end with the acoustic guitar at the party guy because that yep, was just yep. like oh
2: no but they've been replaced by let me do you my freestyle rap guy
0: so <laughs> I mean uh, uh, Barbie had a great scene with mm. with acoustic guitar guy so maybe five years from now we have Barbie with like rap guy instead mm-hmm. it's
2: definitely I mean we already did is the Timothy Chalamet skit with,
0: with
2: Pete <laughs> Davidson <laughs> <laughs> yee skirt Eep. I'm in
0: my bag today. Thank and you. with that, we are going to bid <laughs> adieu to the Warner family, their adopted son, who may or may not be engaged to their daughter, Crawl, played by Paulie Shore. That is son-in-law, and that is going to take us to the end of the show. Hit the music, Brian. polly you know, has been doing stuff recently. He's got this one-man show that he's been taking around town mm-hmm. um, that he's done at the Comedy Store. He's done at Flappers. And it's garnered a lot of positive reviews. There was that, like, he was circling this Richard Simmons thing. I just don't think Richard Simmons was ever that into it, but about mm-hmm. doing a biopic about Richard Simmons. And, like, y- you look at Pauly now, and I'm like, he, he could pull
2: that off. Yeah. And especially since Richard got famous, looking a certain way. Like, we don't need to look at the yes. young Richard Simmons as much. Right, right. Although, you know, now with this new
0: deal. <laughs> Richard, Young Richard Simmons was probably Fred Weasel. Yeah. And then he found himself and and he was this flamboyant, energetic, but very, you know, loud dresser. And that's exactly who Paulie was mm. in the 90s. The mm-hmm. Steven Tyler PJ scene.
2: Yep. Just the difference in the shorts. Yeah. That's really it. That's so all it.
0: Okay, so we might be in if there is a Pauly Shore starring... Richard Simmons biopic I'm in Um, Justine where can we find you and all of your brilliant comedic genius
3: oh thank you Mark you can find me on all the all the platforms at justine machine one my tour dates are in my Instagram bio my link tree and you can find me at the comedy store the laugh factory the improv in Los Angeles
0: always hitting the bricks telling Mm -hmm. the jokes making the people laugh Um, it's a pleasure to have you finally I can't believe this is your first time on the show
3: I mean, I, again, I love garbage, so I'm surprised <laughs> I will come on anytime. Anytime you need me, I'm here to say Rotten Tomatoes is wrong.
0: But oh. you never saw Jury Duty?
3: I did see it. I just okay. didn't see it in the theaters. Right. Okay. Yeah, I, I still haven't,
0: haven't seen it, so. You haven't seen it? No, so that might be, might have to have Justine back for a very yeah. special episode. I'm,
3: I'm ready for Jury Duty. I just, when he cut his hair, something, it was, it was just. Different. It was different. You yeah, know, right. know what I mean? Different. It was mm-hmm. like when Felicity cut her hair in the 90s. Like, like it when just Metallica finished.
0: cut their hair. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly.
3: I have a question
2: for you, sir. Do you have any dates coming up?
0: I do, actually, because this is Thanksgiving. Yeah. And then I'm going to be in Seattle right before Christmas, December 22nd, 23rd. I'm going to be up there and get tickets at markellis.live. And then I got a bunch of tour dates, Boston, Portland, Chicago, San Diego going into next year. So look forward to that. And uh, thank you, everybody, for joining us today. Jacqueline, what's going on with you?
2: Uh, I wanted to just say I never have anything to promote, but I do now yes, because do. we have a newly launched podcast. And I i know everyone listening to this is going to be sad about it because it's just me. But Mark will pop in, I'm sure, at some point. <laughs> but it's the Awards Tour podcast. If you want to know what I'm doing when I'm not here and I have to disappear for a few weeks, this podcast will give you a like, what's Jacqueline been up to in the awards landscape? And so we're going to be interviewing some great folks. Our, one of our first episodes with Ludwig Gorenson. He is the composer for Oppenheimer. Also Wakanda forever. Also the coolest like Norwegian you'll ever meet. Like dude is just so fly and just really talented. And the podcast is called Awardster. The Awards Tour Podcast. Like we're taking a tour around awards season. Like the the Tour de France. I
0: love it. I'm happy for you. Find it wherever you get podcasts. I know what this is. (laughs) I know exactly what this is. This is an alibi. Because I have a theory about Jacqueline that she actually when she goes to all these like international film festivals, she's actually doing like wet work for the government you are not gonna Garth Brooks me you are
2: not gonna Garth Brooks me like Tom Segura did to that man
0: and so now she has this cover alibi podcast but I'm proud of you in the new endeavor I can't wait to check it out check out Glitter and Garbage with Justine you might see me sometimes on that show as well so I'm just a guest that's all I really am and they let me host here in our brand new studio so for everybody here at Rotten Tomatoes friendly reminder once again email us rtiswrong at rottentomatoes.com let us know should Justine get a son-in-law tattoo? What's your favorite Pauly Short movie? And the biggest question of all, the title of this show, is Rotten Tomatoes wrong about son-in-law? What do we got next time? We are in the studio, Jacqueline.
2: This is going to be a family affair. Because we... We're doing the family man, Mr. Nicholas Cage. Oh, okay. Yeah, I like this movie a lot. I like it because I get to say Teo Leone, who I think is the best name in Hollywood ever.
0: Yeah, it's pretty great. And she's pretty great that movie. And we go from Thanksgiving to Christmas next time we talk. Until then, for Justine Marino, Jacqueline Coley, producer Brian, everybody here behind the scenes at our brand new studio overlooking Universal Studios, I am Mark Ellis. Welcome back, everyone. We'll see you next time. Rotten Tomatoes is wrong.